Welcome to the Bailey and Harding Ultrasound System. I'm Anna Harding. And I'm Ali Bailey. It's episode four. Episode four. Four episodes without a cease and desist, any legal action being taken, or anybody talking about how much we talk about poo, because no one's mentioned that. Oh, no. I, I made a list of all the things that we've covered so far, and I deliberately left poo out so that we didn't have to say it within the first seconds of the podcast, and you've gone and done it. I think people enjoy it. I think that's what they're listening for. That's why they listen. No other podcast talks about poo as much as these two. It's niche. It's a niche podcast. <sighs> it is niche. I've just realised that I know the word for people that are sexually aroused by poo and I'm not going to say it. I mean, well, you've done it now and I would suggest that people don't Google it. So you're probably going to have to tell everyone. I believe it's philophiliac, but I'm not sure. If, uh, if anyone wants to Google that because I'm not doing it, then do. But we're not going to go into it. It all gets a bit a bit disgusting. Um, Anna? It's a beautiful sunny day. It's episode four. Why don't we just do a, a win grim get in the bin? Yeah, well, and also let's just thank everyone for listening, first of all. It's been really, really lovely um, getting messages, especially ones that tell us that you're going to have to stop at the side of the road mid-run because people around you think you're weird for laughing out, out loud. So, um, yeah, well done, everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of those messages, hasn't there? People, uh, one of my clients actually sent me a message saying, I had to run with my legs crossed because I thought I was going to piss myself. Oh, I'd like to see that. It's something I'd like to see. Mm, there's a name for that as well. Okay. <laughs> Are you drinking piss, Ali? Yeah. Uh, I've been taking some tips off the SAS Who Dares Lols guys, and I'm drinking my yeah. own piss. Yeah. I wish my piss was that colour at the weekend. It wasn't. Uh, it's it's squash. It's orange squash. Uh, does this tie into your win, and get in the bin? Do you want to go with your win? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I did a 100-mile race at the weekend, and I um, finished it. That, and that's the win. I didn't win it. I finished it. Uh, and that's the win. Because I don't know uh, how it was where you were, dear listener, but it was bloody hot where I was. Bloody hot. Surf surface of the sun springs to mind. Yeah, it, it was uh, uh, hot. Disgusting. Hey, Ali, my win's also about a race. And, and mine started with a one and a zero as well. And then it finished finished with kilometres. Ten kilometres. <laughs> uh, can I just say, anyone that went out the weekend and did any sort of race, be it park race or be it... 100 mile race, albeit an yeah. Enduro 24 race, or a chasing yeah. of a horse race. Yeah. You're all legends because it wasn't very nice. Yeah. Did yeah, you have a good time was... at your 10K? Like, really, looking back at it now, are you like, that was a, that was good? I had a good time. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, it was really great because so I ran with two friends, well, a friend and her husband. So I suppose he's a friend by default. Hey, Rob, thanks for listening. Um, and my other half, Neil. And like the weather was glorious. Do you know what? It was really nice to go go to a start line and not have to really worry about like putting anything in kit transfer for the end or like take a warm layer because it's going to be cold at the start because it was already 28 degrees by the time we set off. Um, <laughs> so the, the admin side of things was not that difficult. It was the two castles run. I ran from Warwick to Kenilworth and my win this week are the wonderful residents of Warwickshire who stood outside their houses. They couldn't really do anything else because their roads were closed. Um, and sprayed us all with their hoses. What a bunch of lovely legends. Is that a euphemism? No, it was definitely just water coming from their hoses that they water their gardens. Brilliant. I love it. So, yeah. Nice. I like it a lot. You know that... Um... I don't know whether this is true. Can any police officers please get in touch and let me know if this is true, that it's actually illegal to spray somebody with a hose unless they've asked you to do it? I thought you were going down a different route there. I thought you were going down, oh, you, if you're a pregnant woman, you can wee in a policeman's hut. Yeah, you can do that and you can poo in it. Um, but um, but you can't poo in it. Uh, apparently, uh, you know how they used to use water cannons to disperse crowds? Yeah. They don't do that anymore because it's assault. It's, it's classed as assault. So I don't know whether spraying someone with a hose when they haven't asked to be sprayed with a hose is assault. And in the <laughs> world we live in, I would not be surprised if someone has been assaulted with a hose on a hot day and made a big fuss about it. Because I'll tell you what, on Saturday, if somebody would have come up to me with a hose, I probably would have married them. I 
I don't know what's going on here. I, I don't know whether whether that is the case. The journalist in me suggests that, that, that I have reported on riots, maybe not in the last five years because I took a bit of a break out of radio, where police have used water cannon, by the way. The grammar pedant in me is like itching to get out. The plural it of Itching to get out. I got mm. WhatsApp message for you the other day. Hi, yeah, hi, it's me, Anna Harding, um, from the running channel <gasps> of your podcast. You've actually used the wrong your in that post. You've used your instead of your. And so can you change it back to your, please? All the best. But, um, mm, it was shorter than that. I just said, sorry to be that person, but you've used the wrong your. Would you mind changing it? I did use the wrong your because I was laying in bed with one eye open, wishing that I was dead post 100 mile run yeah 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 but anyway grammar pedant um so that's twice in a week that i've grammar pedanted you the plural of water cannon is water cannon not water cannons no the pure the the plural of water cannon is water can i (laughs) (laughs) water can i it's like yoda asking for it water can i no you can't can't because it's assault (laughs) exactly so is this is this snowflake britain or is this something i've made up uh, can someone get in touch and tell us, is it illegal to squirt someone with your hose if they've not asked for it? Drop us an email, ultrasoundsystempod at gmail.com. What's your grim? Oh, my grim is, um, oh God, me. I'm grim. I'm a grim human being. I, as regular listeners will know, I, your mum and Neil, I'm single. And sometimes I think to myself, maybe I'll meet somebody at a race. And this weekend at the South Downs Way 100, I stood at the start line and I thought, He's a tasty little nugget. I didn't say it out loud, though. I just thought it. No. Anyway, off I uh, trotted. And to my absolute delight, at the um, halfway point, I really hope he's not listening to this. At the mm-hmm. halfway point, um, uh, <laughs> about 48 miles in, I was at Washington Aid Station, which is a big aid station. It's inside. It was hotter than the surface of Mars in there. It was dripping with runner's sweat. Oh. People, people were dying. I got in there and there was hot food being served. I was like, Hmm, that's a good idea. So I decided to have some pasta because I thought I was being good and like carb loading. And, you know, I don't usually eat a decent meal when I'm doing 100. I just don't. But I thought this is a good idea. I'm I'm being kind to myself, looking after myself. Got this bowl of pasta and proceeded to walk around with it because I won't sit down. I will not sit down, like beware the chair. And as I think I'd lost my marbles because I spotted said nugget from the corner of my eye sitting down. I thought, ah, he's gone off too quick, but he's still nice to look at. So maybe I'll go and make conversation with him. Oh, my God. What? Somebody help me. So I'm walking around with a bowl of pasta in one hand, drenched in sweat, covered in dirt. Absolutely disgusting. And I went up to him and I went, huh, some hostile runners Cool. Oh my yeah. god. I know uh some of the Perrinporth runners. I was like David Brent. I sounded like David Brent. I was standing there holding a pasta in one hand with a hand on my hip, like cool, top bro. And he just looked at me with a look I could only describe as utter disdain. Yeah. So I tried to style it out, yeah. And I was like, Yeah, Cornwall, wicked. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's the other side of Cornwall. I was like, yeah, yeah, cooler. <laughs> Turned around, went back to my sorry little grief hole where my stuff was, just looked at the floor. Someone gave Ooh. me a nice pop and I left. That was the end of it. I'm just me, grim. Like I'm turning into oh. this awkward, awful, grim person. But then I thought, because I just thought that's gross. Like I was basically perving on him. If you flip that round, you would you would be like, my grim is some bloke thought that he would come up to me 50 miles into a 100-mile race and hit on me. Who the fuck does that? I mean, you. I don't know if this guy knew I was hitting on him or whether he thought I was actually just, like, some sort of idiot, which I, <laughs> I think he leant towards. But, um, yeah, basically, I came out, I was like, oh, God, Ali, you're disgusting. How could you look at someone at the start of a race and be like, you're a tasty nugget, and then go up to them and start, and they obviously don't want to talk to you, so why are you talking to them? And then at the end, oh, I just don't want to talk about it anymore, and I really hope he's not listening, and I hope that nobody else who was there knows who I'm talking about and reports this. And if he is listening, I'm sorry, I'm awkward, you've got a nice beard, and that is all I have to say, and I'm just grim. I would love to give you 
some words of consolation and some, you know, it'll be all right. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you think it was. And it was definitely as bad as you think it was. That's an awful thing to do. You're a terrible person. It was definitely as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, my. If If Tasty Little Nugget Man is listening and now that you're not 50 miles deep holding a bowl of pasta staring at the floor, like, what would you have said? Do we need to work on your pickup lines or is it the fact that you were just tired? I think he would have just said, fuck off and leave me alone. I think that was the the line he was looking for. No, but what would you have said? Me? Nothing. Nothing. Oh. Like, I, I used to drink and I don't anymore um, because I'm an alcoholic. But when I used to drink, I just go up to people and start talking to them and think I was really interesting and clever and brilliant, right? Now I know I'm not really interesting or clever or brilliant because I'm sober when I do it. <laughs> So I'm like, the best thing is to be just to keep my mouth shut, firmly, firmly shut and not go near anybody. And it just made me feel really, really gross and awful. And then I did. And then I put myself into the opposite situation, you know, like the when people come up to me and start talking to me, and I don't want to talk to them. Um, how do you even do it nowadays? I don't even know how you do it nowadays. Anyway, that was it. It was just horrible. And I felt disgusting. I felt like the David Brent of ultra running. Okay. I mean, I, I, yeah, like I say, I've got no consolations. Or... Do you feel dirty now? Do you feel grim? I, do you know, like when the whole of you just like shrivels up into like a kind of embarrassed, awkward, like, oh, and your teeth hurt and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. Do you mean when you cringe so much you turn inside out? Yes. Yeah. Like that. Yes. That's exactly how you describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Cringe. Thanks for the support. No problem. It's all right. Everyone else will just send you nice things and be like, eh, Anna was so horrible to you. I'm, I'm just real. I'm just real. No, they won't. They'll just keep coming up to me and calling me Abby like they did all weekend. No. On purpose, because everyone thinks it's funny now. So oh, <laughs> stop no. coming out of this that is just like, ah, I don't even know why I've told that story. Edit it out. Just get it out. Yeah, but everyone's going to continue now calling you Abby. They, there's, I'm, I fear the weekend that there is a national incident declared where there is a running re- event that you're taking part in because I know it will be you because one too many people have called you Abby and you'll have just lost your shit. Yeah. A small explosion happened on the <laughs> South Downs Way National Park when an ultra runner set fire to everybody who kept calling her Abby. Yeah, like that. It was 10. <laughs> oh, my grim. Right, my grim. Um, I'm... I'm <sighs> I haven't got any, like, awkward stories to tell this week, really, apart from the fact... Well, it's kind of related, I suppose. It's too fucking hot. Right, this happens every year, and I'm sick of British people. I am one of them. But the weather turns nice, everyone goes, Oh, it's giving me joy! I'm having lovely runs! Look at me getting out in the sunshine! And then it goes over, like, 24 degrees, and everyone goes, It's too hot! I can't do anything! Um... It is. it is too hot but I like I hate that because it's just why do we talk about the weather so much we always talk about the weather it affects us I know the funniest thing oh this was hilarious though we me and my mum and stepdad were having dinner on Sunday night and they'd done like uh, a lovely chicken and salad spread and we were sat outside under their little umbrella parasol and a few spots of rain happened. And it was like six o'clock in the evening. No, not a few spots of rain. We were like doing the rain dance, celebrating the fact there was rain. The air had cooled somewhat. And we were like, this is actually really nice. Like we were sat out in shorts and t-shirt and getting a bit wet, but it was pleasant. Anyway, within the space of about 15 seconds, the heavens opened to the almightiest storm. Uh, we nearly lost the parasol. We nearly lost all our dinner. We nearly lost the whole table. And we got drenched, literally, you know, and, um, you know, when you mentioned in the other episode about the kill switch, uh, when bad things happen and like the weather's really bad and your pants are wet inside your shorts. <laughs> my pants were wet inside my shorts and not because I'd pissed myself. <laughs> we got soaked. It was hilarious. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. OK, but it's too hot. It is hot. Right. But it's only the same as it usually is this time of year. So on the news, it was like, uh, there, this, uh, there was a amber heat warning out for uh, boiling hot temperatures. But then the news, that was like the headline. And then the news was like, but it is always 30 degrees at this time of year. So it's like, where's the news in this? Because it is always. No, so, the, okay, from a news, put my news head on, the news in that is just letting like vulnerable people know really that there's an amber weather warning, like most 
older people, people with um, breathing difficulties, babies and pregnant women are told pretty much stay inside when it's this hot. And I, I don't blame them because it is like even walking down to the co-op to go and get fabs. I was like, the co-op is at the bottom of my road for context. It's less than a five minute walk. I was like, hot. Yeah, I've not argued with you. I, was, I ran 100 miles in it. <laughs> one of the most exposed bits of the UK, the South Downsway National Park that's made of chalk, bouncy <laughs> white chalk with no trees. So I totally get where you're coming from with this. It was horrible. DNF rate was 43% as far as I know. It's <gasps> the highest they've ever had on that race. Oh, it's a good job we've got a DNF episode that's coming out. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, and um, and the and people were dropping at 30 miles. So between 30 and 50, they were gone. And then overnight, no one dropped. And like, to be fair, at night, it only got down to like 18 degrees, but it was humid AF. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally agree with you. It's not just the heat. I think it's the humidity as well. It feels like a jungle outside. It's The majority of people that were having problems were like, it's hard to breathe. And even I was like, it is actually really hard to breathe um, yeah. and get, get anything in. Um, and it was just gross. But I don't know, like, do you prefer running in heat or in cold? And when I say cold, I mean, like, cold, wet, cold with wind. Um, neither. I am a fair weather runner. No, I don't. If I had to pick one, I th- think I'd go with heat because you can adjust your pace, adjust your expectations, keep hydrated, have all your electrolytes, try and find some shade, wear a hat douse yourself in water all of the things whereas when you're cold and wet like and borderline hypothermic like it's like would you prefer hypothermia or sunstroke yeah I always say to people would you prefer to burn to death or freeze to death I get a little extra (laughs) yeah I just think I think that sunstroke is potentially easier to avoid than hypothermia in a race situation I absolutely 100% agree with you and I think a lot of this problems with heat first off people say I don't I can't run in heat that's not true like it's more difficult but I think people freak out about it Mm. and the freak out leads to you starting to panic you've already got a high heart rates already elevated and it gets higher and I think the majority of people actually DNF through panic rather than actual heat exhaustion because the Mm -hmm. panic just adds to the like the thing but if you can your your advice there was really good adjust your expectations that's the most important thing i think slow down mm-hmm. hat on water on the problem comes when you've got big, when you've got cutoffs and people want to meet them um yeah. and they're racing after that or the or they've gone out too hard in the first couple of cool hours because mm-hmm. they think they'll make hay while the sun isn't shining and it's like that it doesn't work like that no you'll just crash and literally burn yeah and um so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to be said. by I think the reason I got through that race on Saturday, and it was one of the harder ones I've done. I've done that route loads of times. I love it. Mm. I know it. It's you know I've done races that on paper way harder, but it was hard because of the constant mental chat you're giving yourself of calm yeah. down. This is happening. You're doing the best you can. You know, just take it super easy and be kind to yourself instead of going. Oh, you're gonna miss the cut off. Oh, you're not going quick enough. Oh, you get. You know, it's really difficult for people to do that, I think. And I think the same applies mm. to cold and wet as well, because you do need to keep your head about you in order to be like, right, I need to get somewhere out the wind. I need to put another layer on. It doesn't make sense to put another. You feel like when well, you're wet, it doesn't make sense to put another layer on over the wet layer, but it does because it keeps the heat mm. in. And um, it's an experience thing, I think. It really is an experience yeah. thing. Like, um, what's your worst worst weather experience running? Worst weather experience. Right, well, uh, so when I first started running, I went through a phase of every single race that I did was above 25 degrees. Like, it didn't matter which race I was doing. They're all in the UK, apart from Budapest Marathon. Like, they were all spring marathons. Like, well, Edinburgh Marathon, obviously, May. But so you trained through the cold, the wet, the awful to then arrive at race day and it'd be completely different conditions to what you trained in. Um, so that was unsettling and annoying for a while. But the worst weather conditions I've ever run in was probably Coventry Half Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Not last year, but the year before. Uh, it's in October and it was Neil's first half marathon and I'd helped him train for it. And I was really excited for him to do it. And he was doing brilliantly. But the whole time 
the rain was torrential. At times we had to like wade through calf deep water. Now in Coventry. In Coventry. Now, as somebody who has done ultramarathons, like that that weather was tame, but the it it was worse for me because I just felt so guilty for Neil because I was like, you are not the kind of runner that appreciates having to run through calf deep water um, during a race. I had a similar, do you know, I had a similar situation at the Reading Half Marathon. Did you actually? It's because we went to Coventry and Reading. The gods yeah. looked down us and went, get back on, get ye back on the trails. Yeah. Get off, get off these filthy roads. Yeah, no, I think ultras though, I've been pretty lucky like I've had really really hot ones Endure 24 has been hot both times we did it um and then uh in the Azores we had every kind of weather that was like jungly humid at times it was like pissing down bogs at times so but not cold no just like, like warm what about you oh um worse weather mm. the Welsh 3000s that not that long ago and that was really mm. bad because it went on 14 hours and it was very and I went through six set sets of waterproof I much prefer to be hot than to be cold um I just don't like wind wind and rain together I'm not a fan of I think wind is my worst because you can't run into headwind without expending too much energy and it, it, wind and rain together are just awful but then dark I don't like I don't like the dark either this is the 100 bar runner talking to you here I don't like the dark either 200 miles 100 miles dark 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 and the arc of Trish again dark like I really appreciated South Downs because it wasn't that dark for very long. It was probably dark for three hours and then it was oh, light either side. So it was all right. Yeah. But but yeah, I think it's it's a case of um, we do these things to challenge ourselves, don't we? And it's it's about calm conversations with yourself and prepping the best you can and doing the best you can. And if it comes down to it, it's only a race. It'll be there next year. So you can always just yeah. tap out and go back and do it again next year. Well, it's like that DNF stuff that we talked about in the last episode. And it, it's like the stuff that Josie Perry, the psychologist, talks about, about what can what are your controllables? Control your controllables. You can't control the weather, but you can control what you're going to do about it. And um, <laughs> I was like a kilometre from the end of the 10K on Sunday. And uh, I started listing, much much to Neil's delight, he was dying at this point, bless him, because he had a gammy hammy. So I was like, I was like, I'll run with you. And he was like... No, go. Not a gammy hammy. Gammy hammy. No. Hi, a gammy hammy. He was like, no, you go. And I was like, no, 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 I'll stay with you. I think he probably did want me to go. I was like, I said to him, I promise not to be annoying. (laughs) I'll find you. (laughs) Um, And then a kilometre from the end, I began to list all of the things that I had regretted not doing in for the race so I was like things I regret doing not putting sun cream on that was a big mistake you didn't put sun cream on I was like I'm only gonna be out for an hour it doesn't matter no kids wear sunscreen like genuinely I have so much of it at home as well like it was a stupid thing because that can keep you cool as well that's like that's actually science yeah do you know what? Yeah. The night before South Downs where I covered myself in Factor 50 and slept in it because I thought it would suck it all in. And then I took your tip, don't have a shower before you race because you don't want to wash the luck off. Yeah. And then put more Factor 50 on. And I didn't burn at all. It's on my Instagram videos. I look like I'm burnt. But you'll attest to this. There's just a golden yeah. glow. Yeah. Like, apart from my face, which looks like uh, teenagers. But um, but yeah, I think it soaks in. So that soak yeah. it in the night before and put some more on. Yeah. Yeah, put some more on. I'm going to put a little caveat there. Don't just assume that that will work. So, yeah, didn't put sun cream on. That Like, I should have done that. That was naughty. Um, didn't wear a hat. The other three that I was running with, all wearing hats. I was like, why have I not got a hat on? Um, didn't take any water to the start area because I did assume that there would be some there. And we got to the start area at, like, quarter to eight and the race started at nine so I had no water for that amount of time. Did you wear a and... pair of running shoes or did you just keep <laughs> slippers on? Were you wearing your pyjamas? I wore Crocs. Crocs, right. <laughs> and there was another one as well. But yeah, basically, I'd been drinking electrolytes like all the day before. But um, yeah, there was just a number of things that as a runner, like who has done lots of races and is the experienced one of the group and had I'd been giving advice to everybody else. I just didn't, I didn't think, I think I just went, eh, it's only a 10k. You were being blasé, weren't you? You were blase. being a little blasé. Yeah, you're blasé. Um, yeah. When you said that towards the end of that race you you were thinking about the things you regretted I was hope I was thinking about in life I thought wow it was really hard to go you know all the things <laughs> you've regretted in life or regretted not doing like you were going to die but no just regretted not wearing a hat put yes on television so that's 
Yeah, no, it was not like a deep and meaningful 10K. Don't worry, I'll leave that for the trails. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would say I'm very fortunate in the fact that I haven't run in the uber, uber extreme conditions, but it is something that I am, I hate saying I'm worried about it because I, like, I don't literally like cling on to this and feel worry about it because I can't control it. But I am concerned about what the weather's going to be like in the Lake District in October. So one of the things, instead of the word worry, I would look at the word fear. Because it is fear. It's fear of what is going to happen. Because you don't know what's going to happen, right? So instead of worrying about weather, people get scared of it. They're like, yeah. I'm, I'm scared of that because I don't know what's going to happen. So the only way to deal with it is to go out in it. And that yeah. means go, it's boiling. I'm going to go for a 10-mile hike with loads of water, a sun hat, some suntan <laughs> lotion, and see what happens. Take salt, jog a little bit, not jog a little bit, and know that, you know, we are we live in the me- this media world that, that is like people die they get like you know whatever like hypernutremia from drinking too much they get like yeah. dehydrated but it's rare man it's super mm. rare and I, I've got a lot of medic friends so I've talked to them a lot about this and I've done some stuff a lot of stuff in the desert so so I know the likelihood of me dying is low so my fear isn't there it's just not no. and I know what to do when things start to kick in yeah. But also it's it's knowing how to control your brain so it doesn't go into panic mode as well. And that goes for hot and cold. So I'd say to you, for the, for lakes, get out there in the boiling middle of the day and do three or four hours hiking. Because yeah. it could be, it's September, isn't it? So it could be really warm. We get these Indian summers. Well, and the fact that it was been it's been so wet and cold overnight up to the last couple of weeks suggests that it will be potentially it could be um a warm late summer as well. So yeah, I mean I'm not yeah, I'm not too concerned by if it's like a warm summer. Um it's just like the wild, wintry, windy. But then again, when I ran from when I ran from London to rugby, my god the rain. Remember when I was hiding under the bridge at Braunston having a breakdown and it was just like torrential rain outside? Yep. That puts uh, me on to my get in the bin quite nicely. What's that? Crew members who eat the runner's food. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, crew are really important to a race, aren't they? They're really yeah. important to a race, right? But if you get crew members, and I didn't have crew for South Downs Way, so this is not reflective of anyone that I know. They're given the food and the, it's their job to give the food to the runner when the runner comes in. Now, if that food isn't there, Anna, um, how do you think that makes the runner feel? feel you know, when you've been running and you're like, I want this and that thing isn't there. So they say, why don't you have this instead? Fuming. Absolutely fuming. And I saw this happen at the weekend when a <gasps> runner went over to his uh, crew and I was walking through the car park and he said... Um, uh, can I get my uh, Calippo? And she went, um, and he was like, can I have the Calippo now? And she was like, I've been giving them out to other people, and but I have got you a, a fruit pastels lolly. And he went, he picked up and he went, no! And she just chucked it on the floor. And I was like, I'll have that. He was like, why have you been giving my Calippos out? At that point, I just left. But I was like, e- yeah. Because the thing is, um, when you've got your head set on something, you, you have to have that one thing. And yeah. nothing else will be the right thing. And even and sometimes it goes the other way, which I did with my crew, Pacer. I had a Pacer who I said, please, can you bring me an iced coffee and some donuts? And he bought both. He, he, he'd got on public transport, many buses, trains and cars with these donuts, got to Devil's Dyke with his, with his orange Sainsbury's carrier bag. Orange Sainsbury's carrier bag. Wrong yeah. audience, bro. <laughs> uh, for after. And I was like, I don't want to. And he just looked heartbroken. And I was like, I don't want to. I'll have a coffee, but I don't want the donuts. He had to run all the way to Boltoffs to give the donuts to the, to the crew there. But yeah, crews that eat their runner's food or give away their runner's food, that can get in the bin. You can't yeah. do it. Don't touch it. Bring your own food because you never know what that runner is going to want. And the thing is, yeah, that's right. You don't know what that runner is going to want because up until the point that the runner decides in their head at that very moment that that is exactly what they want, it's like, it's impossible. So I'd written like little notes of what I wanted at each of the aid stations, like the week before. And I remember sitting at my desk here and just writing on bits of card. And I was like, hmm, what do I think I'm going to want after I have been moving for like 12 hours? I was like, I don't know, but I'll just write something. And turns out like it was never necessarily the thing that I would just get to a point during a leg of it and be like, sausage roll, I want a sausage roll. 
Yeah, and it could be it them. could be literally anything, couldn't it? At the end of yeah. uh, I'm I'm a vegetarian, I don't eat fast food. At the end of uh South Downs, I sat in the chair and Steph, one of my clients, came to me was like, You need to eat something. What what do you want? I just went, McChicken sandwich. <laughs> and a strawberry milk and a vanilla milkshake. So she went to McDonald's and she tried to get me a McChicken sandwich, but they, it was too early for McChicken sandwich, so she ended up getting me something gross like pancakes with pork. But I ate the pancakes, but not the pork. But I was like, I never would ever want that in real life. But it's like, I want that. That's the only thing that will do. Yeah. Uh, And when it's taken away from you, oh, no, man. It's like the end of days. You turn into a toddler, don't you? You're like, nothing will ever replace this. I remember, do you know the story about your 100 when I went to get you a sausage roll and it wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. That's why why I am relating hard to this story. Yeah. And they offered me and they said, oh, it's gone. And I'm like, you've eaten it. And they were like, no, we haven't. I was like, you bloody have. And then they offered me an iced finger. I said, give her an iced finger. And I was like, you fucking give her an iced finger because she'll take that iced finger and she will stick it up your ass. And then we found a crumpled up Greg's sausage roll at the bottom of Sarah's bag. So we managed to get that out for you. But I was like, I can't go back there. I was scared. I was like, I can't go back there with a nice finger. No fucking way. At that point, I was crying so hard. You couldn't tell whether it was my tears or the pissing rain. Just one cold Greg sausage roll, which was the the replacement, was actually perfect. That was fine. It was fine. But an ice finger. I don't think I'd have kicked off. I don't think I was fuming at that point. I hadn't realised the gravity of the situation. Nobody told me that the crew had eaten my sausage rolls at that point. They never came clean about it either. They said they just weren't there. But I was like, no, because she's so organised. I know that they would be here. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. (sighs) So my get in the bin for this week is washing and running admin, which I don't think is going to land like loads on you, really, Ali, because I have run with you a few times, uh, namely while you've been doing the accumulator where you run the either miles or kilometres of the date that it is throughout February. Or March, whenever. Oh, whenever. I've done it in May, but February's good because it's less days. Yeah, so I've... Uh, fewer days, grammar pedant. <laughs> Thank you. Bundleys. Yeah, I've run with you a couple of times and you've been doing that and I know that your default mode is and you are better for the environment. Yeah, and you're better than the envi- for the environment than I am. Uh is just wear it like a cup like at least a couple of times. Like you rocked up with some leggings that were caked in mud because you'd been wearing them for the last four days or something. Oh yeah. I change my pants. Always change yeah. my pants. But um oh, yeah. I'm a firm believer in well, I'm a member of the Green Runners and I'm a firm believer I don't have kids and so I use my washing machine once a week once mm. a week it goes on and um so I will wear my kit twice maybe three times even in the yeah. summer like pants and bras actually bras I'll go for twice maybe three times they're a bit stinky but who cares it's me on my own the dog likes it and whatever and uh yeah and I'll just wear it like, I just don't really care like I am very sweaty as well but yeah. I will wear it a few times, so I don't... Even with socks, if I do a six-mile run on a Wednesday, then a six-mile run on a Thursday, I just wear the same socks. So I have started the training block of joy. Oh, yes! Which uh, I've got a little song for it as well that keeps springing into my head. I think it goes to the... I think it's Little Shop of Horrors that it is, like, the theme tune of, but I've never heard Little Shop of Horrors. It goes, training block, training block of joy, training block. Training block of joy, little shop, little shop of horrors. Training black, training black of joy. I love it. I love it. Do you know what? I would love it if we could crowdfund some studio time for me to go record <laughs> some of these professionally. We should do that. Uh, and then we could have our own actual officially released ultrasound system album. We know that. people. We know people. Before we know what's happened, it'll go viral and we'll be top of the pops. Anyway, back to clothes, back to doing your washing. So the training block of joy has started. Um, so this is like uh, get in the bin is washing, uh, uh, washing and running admin. So on Sunday, my little ADHD brain went into overdrive and went, right, you've got no time to do anything this week because once again, you've booked in far too much work. And if you're going to run and do your strength and conditioning work as well, you need to plan everything. So it's all in the diary. All the runs are all in the diary. Like all the strength and conditioning sessions are all in the diary. Um, I wrote out everything that I'm going to eat for every meal for every day this week. Um, And obviously then prep my lunch for the Monday. Uh, I then got out every single outfit that I'm going to run in 
and work out in and go to work in and laid them out into days. Um, so I have created far too much run admin for myself. Um, and then obviously on Monday, got to it, check the plan, Monday, rest day. Because all training plans start on a Monday with a rest day. Why do they start with a rest day on a Monday? That's not the first time. Because you've had a long run on the Sunday, usually, yeah. or on the Saturday. Yeah. So that's why. I tend to take yeah. Mondays off. So, yeah, Monday was a rest day. Oh, yeah, and, and I also did all of my washing. So I've got, like, all of my all of my kit is all now just clean. But also, because I work in gyms and because I work in, like, studios working out with people and stuff like that one my kit can't be smelly because I'm with other people and two I don't necessarily have a differentiation between running kit and working workout kit working workout kit does that make sense I do and I have my strength kit is in my little gym bag and I use that like unless I go on the stair stepper and then in that case mm. the top has to go in the washing because it's actually soaked yeah. um I just wear the same one every time I go and it goes it stays there for a month and then I know that sounds gross but when I'm literally lifting weights doing leg presses I'm not I don't sweat but when no. I'm on the stair stepper I am drenched so if so I'll take a t-shirt um and that will go in the, but the shorts stay the same the socks stay the same like it the pants obviously I change my pants every day and the sports yeah, yeah, bra yeah. is soaked after the thing so that goes that goes in but I really really try and, and not do it and um just because it's really bad for your sports kit to wash it loads and loads as well. I know. I always wash it on an eco wash. Always. Um, this is fascinating content for people, isn't it? How me and Anne do our washing? <laughs> yeah. If anyone else has got any cool washing stories, get in touch. Um, but yeah, no, that's just my that's my getting the bin is just run admin. I've definitely made too much work for myself, and this is definitely a me problem and not an everybody else problem. But you not have like a home kit. So like when you run a home kit that just stays at home and a kit that just stays at work. No, because I don't have like my own like locker or anything like that interesting well kids uh i took if you want to be like me be stinky pinky and if you want to be like anna be cleany meanie i'm not a meanie meanie to the environment <gasps> Ooh. should we talk about the sound system yeah i've added some stuff have you can you tell yeah. me what you've added because i'm, I'm yeah. in the i'm in the gram so i'm like looking at what people want me to add and i gotta say there's a lot of Frank Turner love out there. It's probably the one I get suggested oh. the most is Frank Turner. And I don't even really he's, like Frank Turner. He's probably the artist I've been to see live the most. Is he? I've got some terrible yeah. stories about him, which are not suitable for this podcast. No. But yeah, what have you added? So I have added, right, this is a banger. It came on the radio and I was like, I'm adding this. It is by Murphy's Law. And it is a remix of Ain't No Other um, Man by Christina Aguilera. This sounds and... amazing. Oh, uh, your face then. I was like, she hates it. She hates it. No. She hates it. It's... I love a remix. It's so good. And so, like, at the beginning, it's like, doom, 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 do your thing, honey. And then it goes into, like, this really cool, like, uh, I'm just thinking yeah. about it now. It's so good. Dancing. It's like, it will put a smile on your face because you're like, yes, Christina Aguilera. And then you're like, yes, this is really upbeat and fun. So, yeah, I've put that on. Okay, and great. I've also put Daft Punk Defunk on. Interesting choice from Daft Punk. Interesting choice. Makes me feel like a bit of a badass, that one. Does it? Did you put Witness the Fitness on? Yeah, because someone... It's, no, I, I put it on because somebody else wanted it. Somebody on the love Instagram it. wanted it. It's an absolute tune, isn't it? And the other one yeah. I've got on my playlist is Roots Maneuver, The Seed, which is absolutely banging track and yeah. both of them haven't got like high bpm haven't got like a let's pelt this out feel to them but they are both absolute tunes and i think that uh when you're running along and you're in a dip and you're like you don't necessarily want like feel the love by rudimental you want yeah. something that you're like this is a tune i haven't heard yes. for ages yeah. So yeah that's an absolute banger did you add any other ones any other good ones uh, that's all I've put on so far. There are a couple in my brain that I uh, maybe I'm going to put on. Oh, it's just suggested. I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. So that's no. going on. Yeah, what? done. Did you know that Justin Hawkins is an ultra runner? No. Interviewed him on the BBR podcast. He is an ultra runner. Well, actually, he's not an ultra runner. He is a um, marathon runner, quite a good one actually, and trail runner. Yeah. And he hasn't yet done an ultra. So uh, I was trying to persuade him to do one. And um, his brother runs. His brother's also in the band, and his brother he's done ultras. Uh, but he's loving it. He loves it, old Justin. 
brilliant great right one i just want to pull you up on the fact that you just plugged another podcast get in the bin yeah sorry Uh, (laughs) two why don't we get justin hawkins to run an ultra with us um, because I think he'd be quicker than us, and I don't think he'd enjoy. I know. Very much. I, <laughs> I don't think that. he'd enjoy the banter. To be quite honest with you, why um, don't we get Justin Hawkins to run his first ultra whilst listening to the Sound System playlist? Uh, and also, you know his YouTube channel where he basically um, takes apart modern songs. He's got a YouTube channel where he sits there. This is relevant to running everyone. He's a runner, and he listens to modern songs and he filmed himself watching them he's like and he's looking at them like all quizzically and then he's like mm, that lyric doesn't make very much sense does it why are you doing that with the guitar when there's no guitar on this song he could do that but with the sound system it would be belted that would be so good it would Go be um, what's everyone else saying like Catherine was uh, after some chemical some more chemical brothers Ooh, do you think I've put no the no geography no geography is that what you want oh. on there yeah okay. it's one of the new like the new ones it's like four years old now but um it starts off and it's all like it's really cool. She wanted galvanize. Oh yeah, that I, can go on as well. I wanted setting sun, because that is a belter for running. Yes. But I'll put no job for I'll put galvanize on there. Also, people, when you're listening to this playlist, don't listen to it in order. You put it on random shuffle. You know that, right? Because if you listen to it in order, it's always a bit difficult. Yeah. Uh, she wanted a bit of Missy Elliott for my people, Jason, Jason, Jason Bax. With Jack's remix, nice. Um, so I'm going to put that on there. Um, there's still quite a lot of rock music being um chucked at us, and quite a lot of Frank Turner. Um, yeah. But we, oh god, and Nick, Nick, he he sent us loads of stuff, but mm. all of it is so weird. Biohazard, okay, stakes is high by Della So. I can deal with that. Mm. Uh, I can deal with Don't Sweat by Eric B and Rakeem. Uh, there's a bit of Pixies, a bit of Zep. He sent me like a thousand songs. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you just build the system? But I'm going to spend today uh, adding a load of these songs on there. So uh, will, it will be rejuvenated. And I would like pe- to know what people think of the sound system. I would, who are listening to it actively. Uh, there were a couple of other bits on the old Instagram. Um, definitely the best way to get in touch with this, by the way, uh, at Ultrasound System Pod. Um, Bald Man Running. He's a bold man and he's running, so he should be easy to spot. (laughs) Uh, Reverend in the Makers, heavyweight champion of the world. I worked on that record, so it's a hard one for me to go, yeah, I like that. Oh, well, I have uh, approved it as a certified banger with a tick, so... Okay, great. Well done. Great. A plus for you. And then, right, I've got a quiz for you. Yes! Let's get quizzical, quizzical. I want to get quizzical. Let's get quizzical. Go then. I feel like that should be a returning feature at some point. Well done. Um, Ali, not you, our friend Ali from Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. She has said, happy poo here, happy poo here. Oh, now that I'm saying it out loud, may we all have a poo here now and then. If we don't, we'll never run again. Guess the song. I can't work that out. Clue. The song is for Christmas time runs and is not what you would refer to as a quote banger. Right, say the lyrics again. Happy poo here, happy poo here. May we all have a poo here now and then. If we don't, we'll never run again. I feel like it's to, it's a happy new year thing, but I don't know if I know the song. So I initially thought having not said it out loud i only read it in my brain all i could think of was uh old mcdonald had a farm with what? a happy poo here and a happy poo there <laughs> may we all have a happy poo here now and then um so it's not old mcdonald but uh what about is it abba happy new year happy new year may we all have something now and then i don't know that song I don't, <gasps> here's an unpopular opinion. I don't like ABBA. Neither do I. No, I think they're dog shit. So, um, Alison, sorry if you really like ABBA. Is that what it is? I'd like to know. I'd like, I'd like to, to know, know as well. But also, happy poo here, happy... No, she's not getting the thing right. It's never happy when it comes to running, ever. It's never a happy incident. It's always an unhappy incident, isn't it? Yeah. Oh! Uh... 
well yeah 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 although the, the actual act of pooing itself so when i did the big bear warwickshire bear ultra last year <laughs> what what it's oh. another poo story just just you say the big bear and then me think of poo and just big bears and poos and anyway continue when you did the big bear warwickshire ultra I was a couple of hours into it and I was probably the furthest. I'd just left like the second aid station. No, the first aid station. I was really blasé about the first aid station because I was like, oh, it's really soon after we start. I'm not going to need an aid station. It's like a 38 mile run or something. <laughs> like, Who, what idiot put an aid station here? Idiot. That was you. Paul Alban. Um, God, Paul. What do you think I am? A park runner. Cut. Oh shit, um, I need a poo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, by the way, hi Paul. Thanks for listening. He sent me a lovely message this week. So I literally went in and out, like checked my name off, came out, carried on going. And I was then as far away from the next aid station as I could possibly be when that crippling, worrying, <laughs> cramping, stomachy whoop, where someone's like squeezed your stomach happened. And I went, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> And I was like, I I need a poo now, now. And the Warwickshire Bear Ultra is a great ultra run for um, people getting into it, people who have never done it before. It's not particularly like hilly. It's not particularly savage and brutal. It's just like the Warwickshire countryside, mostly along the cycle route. So there's not a lot of places to go in the bushes. And also with cyclists, it's a nightmare, right? Because I don't he's not shut the route, has he? And they come quick. <laughs> so yeah. They come quick. Yeah. And there's usually a few of them. Well, yeah. It, I say it's the cycle route. Not many people use their bikes up here, I don't think. That was a sweeping generalization, but I don't know. Anyway, we didn't see any cyclists on the day. But I held it. Well, this is one of my proudest achievements in running. I held it all the way to the next aid station. But as I was running into the aid what, station. In your hands. No, I held it in. Held it in. And as I was running into the aid station, the wonderful volunteers were all ringing their cowbells, cheering and whooping. Because you'd held it in. No, and I was like, where's the toilet? (laughs) They're like, it's over there, it's over there. So I literally legged it to the toilet and the relief of doing the poo, I would say, is a good thing. Because you said that it's never a good thing, but actually I'd say it was a good thing. In that case, it was a good thing. Only just a good thing, though. There is nothing more satisfying than actually going to an aid station, there being a toilet, and you being like, I actually need to use that for something. Hurrah! Yeah. Instead of looking at it vacantly and thinking, ah, oh, I probably won't need to use that until I'm four miles down the road and I'm on a dual carriageway and everybody's looking at me, um, which is just horrendous. Oh, I very much enjoyed that story, I have to say. Very much enjoyed it, especially the idea of you carrying it in your hands. We're <laughs> leaving it there. Gross. I'd just like to report that I did no poos at the weekend that were not in toilets and all of them were solid. Thank you very much. I know, I know. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I'd like I... to thank my my sponsors. I'd like to thank Bella Forte Bars and I'd like to thank uh, my bowels for behaving. It was unbelievable. Really quite great, especially in that heat. I think you're lying. I, Honestly, that's not even possible. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Why would I lie about it? Like you, I know. No, you wouldn't. Just wouldn't. I know. Uh, but it's, it's just what. And I, I threw up once, and it was just like no water, just porridge. Like that's how. Like I drank twelve liters of water. Twelve liters in twenty four hours. And my, all my wee was clear. I had only had three wees in twenty four hours, but it was all clear. It was that's how hot it was, and uh, yeah. no bad poo incidents. So I'm actually quite chuffed, which is great for everyone. Um, Not great for the podcast, though, is it? It is, because we have mentioned poo again. Now it's the fourth one in a row. Should we maybe try next week and not mention it at all? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It it depends whether we get any embarrassing stories involving poo. Go on, then. Let's get some people to give us some embarrassing stories. Yes. How How do they go about that? Please do. Uh, right, the easiest way is to hop onto Instagram, go into our DMs, slide into our DMs. Um, we promise not to be awkward, Ali. And... Am I sometimes awkward? Sometimes I think I reply from mine instead of replying from ultrasound system. No, I just mean your oh. awkward behaviour with uh, the yeah. tasty with nugget. Um, so, yeah, drop into the DMs. You can send us a voice note, which would be fabulous. Uh, Holly Rushes from last week was... Outstanding. Outstanding yeah. contribution to podcast award. 
yeah definitely so yeah probably the easiest way is to do that send us a voice note because then if you can't be asked to type it all out then you don't have to uh, or if you are um happy to type it all out then head to your emails and send an email to ultrasoundsystempod at gmail.com you've had a question we've had a question from oh, yeah. max, Sorry, we've had a question. max zenon sounds like a he sounds like a who a brand of hoover or vacuum cleaner because hoover is a brand of hoover anyway how do you choose what races you do and do you schedule them for a whole year that's quite a good Ooh. question isn't it it's an excellent question yeah. um how do i choose the races that i want to do i well there you go actually i kind of answered it then because he didn't quite word it like that did he i choose the races that i want to do based on the ones that i want to do so we we touched upon briefly last week about how you are a lover of a hundred miler and for me that would be like a one in a year and that's fine for me thank you very much um whereas you can and do run multiple so for example i've chosen the seven valleys ultra this year because it's new because it's in the lake district uh, which i love and i haven't actually done a race up there and because it's a hundred kilometers and that's the distance i wanted to do and then i kind of worked backwards from there and plopped a few little little races in there so i've got a 50k coming up in canuck as a little training run do you look at like have you got like a five-year plan or anything have you got like a when i'm older i want to do this race so i'm going to do this 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 in order to get there so i i wrote one down in lockdown and my oh we all wrote a lot of stuff down in lockdown mate i know (laughs) I know I fell into a wormhole of watching documentaries on YouTube about ultras and ultra runners and then started making a list of all of the races that I wanted to do and that was like a five-year plan but I haven't looked at it since uh it included the Grand Union Canal how many miles is that one? Oh, there we go ultra planning 145 yeah there you go no you decided so against- this was it this was it Oh, how cute was I in lockdown? Tarawera 100k 2022. Sure. Uh, Hardmore's 1110 2023. 1110 110. That is hard. It's the clue to the name. Yeah. I, I, by the way, caveat to this, didn't do any research on what the race is like, only just the names and the distances and when they take place in the year. That's the one where you win a sword if you win. Just saying, but you, have, but you have to give it back next year. You win an actual that's sword, an actual fucking sword, and you get to hang it on cool. your wall. Yeah, that's anyway. Really cool. Uh, twenty twenty four Leeds and Liverpool Canal Race, one hundred and thirty miles. What the fuck was wrong with me? I don't know. Why do you love a canal so much? Or think you Grand, Grand Union Canal Race, one hundred and forty five miles, May twenty twenty five. Put the month down on that one. <laughs> uh, the Grand Plan to build up to May twenty twenty six. Badwater 135. No! A hundred <laughs> times! What? We just talked about heat. The heat yeah. is 28 degrees. In Badwater, it's 45 degrees. Then I watched the documentary about Badwater. That's why I've not looked at that list ever since. Did you just go, I think that might be something I have to just put under the skirting board and pretend that does not exist. I did have made a mistake here. Badwater. <laughs> I'd like to, Should we get Debbie Martin on to talk about Badwater? Because she's done it. She's a monster. I'd like, yes. I think we should talk to her about it because I and can't slash, imagine. And slash or Susie Chan. If she finishes it or if she doesn't. Is this her first time doing it? Oh, yeah. She's crewed it loads of times. Oh, first I thought time she'd doing done it. it. First yeah. time doing it. Um, She actually crewed Debbie. Uh, oh. well, Debbie did last year. She crewed Debbie and now Debbie's going back to crew her. Um, So uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Like, it's just funny how you come up with the, those ridiculous based plucked on... him out of thin air nothing plucked him out of thin air I what don't was think the canal I thing i think i i in my head it was let's build up the distance so this race is longer than the last one mm, it's weird though because it's because uh, it's like they're all the canal but then i suppose sometimes i think we all think sometimes i think people think everyone thinks the way that you that people that you think right so i'm like but why would you do the same thing over and over again because canal is canal right mm. But I can mm. see from your point of view that you're like, ah, oh, but the distance is longer. And it's not that, and it's, it's you know what you're doing on a canal. Yeah. But really, canals are absolutely fucking brutal because it's so hard to, to control yourself and maintain, you know, your equilibrium because of the fact there's no hills to walk up. 
just just going to throw it out there uh, there is no way in this earth that I will be doing either of those two canal races now that I've actually run 115 miles along the canals maybe that's why you're going for the the valleys because you're like ah this is completely different and <laughs> I'm going to go up some yes. hills because it's much much better. some hills yeah how do you plan your races and pick yours uh I have uh I have great big lifelong plans of things I want to do so um uh, they all based around that I'm a little bit stuck next year because I've got a plan to do something which I'm not sure might happen or might not and if it does it'll basically just ruin my year because it will just be so massive mm. but uh like Dragon's Back I've really like I was given I was gifted that place at Dragon's Back and I fucked it up so I'm like uh, next time I go I want to finish this off I think it might be next September unless this great big thing happens and then it'll be the September but then it'll be the September after mm. but next year I'm doing UTS in May, which is Ultra Trail Snowdonia, the 100K, because that covers the Spiky Kingdom, the first two days of, sorry, Snowdonia. So that covers the first, lots of that technical terrain. So I'll be mm-hmm. like, go and do that, have a little train about, you know, the Welsh 3000s, I'll do that twice this year, again, on that terrain, have a little train about. And I choose stuff based on whether or not I think I can do it. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, I sign up for it and think, I'm not sure I can do this, but I'm going to work my balls off to do it. Yeah. How beautiful it is how remote it is, how um, much of a challenge it presents. And it's not because it's brutal. It's not because of this, that, the other. The other thing is I look at the race company. Yeah. Like the race company is really important. And like Mud Crew, Centurion, White Star, Big Bear, Grim Up North, Hard Moors, all really good communities. I go on Mm. there and I go on the Facebooks and I look at what, the sort of people that are in that are doing the races before I get involved because I'm like I don't want to be with a load of real twats on a race I want to be with some nice lovely wonderful people you know like people that are, are very community minded and will look after me so um so that's how I do it and then and I schedule for a whole year and I do schedule for yeah. a whole year because then I know yeah. exactly what I'm doing and I've been guilty in 2017 I did 58 ultras in one year it was that's ridiculous disgusting. yeah and, that's and the I thing. paid I, for it badly and I think that's the thing is that if you don't plan your year out sensibly and you just keep you know stuff pops up and you're like oh yeah I'll do that oh yeah I'll do that you will either end up injured end up burnt out or just not perform to your best at you know I think I I have uh I believe everyone should have like a goal a race in their year that is the one that is like you're going for it to do your your very very best right Mm -hmm. Because a lot of my races, the ones that I'm doing at the moment are very much like rock up and do them and be happy that you finish them at the end. But And that's that's what my goal is for those races because they're all leading up to my A-goal race. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, when you start getting in a position where you're doing a marathon every weekend and then you're doing an ultra and then you're doing this and then you're doing that and it just doesn't make sense, it it's... It it depends what you're getting out of that. Are you actually getting anything out of that? Or are yeah. you just like a medal magpie or whatever? Yeah, and I feel like really, when it comes down to it, are you enjoying it? And, you know, uh, when I did that year, I was not well at all. And I was trying to, definitely trying to run away from something. And, um, and uh, but I was like, oh, well, I'm good at this. This is one thing I can prove I'm good at. But it's like, well, you're not that good at it because you're not very good at looking after yourself. And it nearly broke me because I just wasn't getting any rest. And so now yeah. I'm much more like picky. Like, for example, Wendover, when I go to Wendover, when we go to Wendover in July, I could enter any, I could go to, and do any one of those races that I wanted to, but I'm yeah. going to do the 10 miler. One lap yeah. is enough because I've got a hundred mile ultra two weeks later. So there's no way that I'm going to go and do even 50K because I'm like, rest look after yourself, recuperate, because you enjoy it so much better if it's mm. all planned out. And if you're like, yeah, and there's, you know, I think there's a lot of bravado in the ultra running world where it's like back-to-back ultras proves that you're some sort of hard man. But who are you proving that to, really? Yeah. And in like, reality, who, one, who cares? But two, like, who even notices? Like, I don't know. Like, there, I know a lot of people in running and a lot of people who do ultras and a lot of people who run races and stuff, but I would never sit there one sunny afternoon with a fab in my hand and go, that Peter, he's done six ultra marathons back to back. Like, no one I, I, don't, I don't know what races everyone's done. I like having a chat to people and be like, oh, what races have you done this year? But I'm not like, you know, I don't, it doesn't trouble me that or or impress me. No, same. And I don't think it impresses anybody else. It's just like, you do you. 
if you've got the funds, if you've got the um, support network to, you know, look after the admin side of doing all of those races, then good for you for doing all of them. But quite frankly, I can't be bothered to plan anything more than what I'm doing this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same. I feel a little bit light. I feel a bit race light this year. But I really, what I wanted to do this year was I wanted to get my first 200 under my belt. That was my A game. I've done that. Mm. South Downs where I want to have a, go and have a good time. And I did. Autumn 100, I'm going to give a bloody good go because I try and get my my tw- my 100 mile PB on that because it's cooler and it's a better course for me. Mm. Reckon in July, back to Wales, part of the Dragon's mm. Back route. And then... Um, I don't know what will happen after that because I haven't actually planned next year. I've got my first hard moors is in November, then 60. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but but I will plan out next year. But really, just it all depends on on a lot of things. But but yeah, Max, in answer to your question, things you like doing, places you like going, and yes, schedule for a year and don't be tempted to like nip stuff in because your mates are doing it. Like make sure you you rest hard as my friend Kirsty says yeah and if you are tempted to nip stuff in because your mates are doing it why don't you just ask if you can volunteer instead so then yeah you can enjoy it. that's so much better isn't it like yeah. I was so inspired by the centurion family at the weekend I always am but I'm like mm. this is fucking cool these people are giving up their time and effort to help people like me who are like eh, I feel sick would you like some beans? No, fuck off with your beans. Like, that's not a great way to spend Saturday night, is it? Six o'clock in the morning at House Steam Farm. Like, but it it's just heartwarming and lovely to, to be part of that side of it too. And also, yeah, crewing, you get loads of experience of what not to do, don't you? Because you see your mates making all the sex. Banging. Okay, so listen up, people, one more time. Send us your stories. Send us what you want us to talk about. Send us your playlist recommendations. Send us what you like, what you don't like on Instagram, and we will make it happen. That's what we do. We make the magic happen. Thanks ever so much for listening to episode four. We will be back next week with episode five. Yay! Oh, great catching up, Ali. I love, yeah, you, love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.